It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. Say goodnight to this one! And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. In mid-July, can college football season be far behind? With that, we say good morning and welcome to the program. Light the Tower here on the Horn, 104.9, 1019 AM 1260. Live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. In case you forgot about me, I've been on vacation the last two weeks. My co-host, Jeff Howe, it's good to see you again. Great to see you, Craig. Good to know that you're alive and avoided the gator attack and did. everything else. I did. Everything was over. We'll have more on all of that. But Sark's looking at like, what, where, where are we starting we're, with this? We're, here's where we're starting. We're at Big 12 Football Media Days in Arlington and leading us off, and it is only right and proper that we visit with the head football coach of the University of Texas, Steve Sarkeesian. Sark, I appreciate the time. How's your summer going? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> this is a great way to kick off Media Days with you all uh, to, to start it off. And I know everybody wants to talk ball, which is exciting, and football season is right around the corner, but you can't lead with – a potential gator attack, and and let's not and let's not get into yes. it here right off the bat. So my summer's been great, no gators. You know, it's it's been awesome. But please, please fill me in a little bit, just well, a little bit. Wait, all it was was I played one in in two and a half weeks. I played one round of golf, and that's about all usually all I play. And I actually hit the ball well, did not putt well, but anyway. So I'm on the hole, and it was on the number nine tee box. And a uh, gator comes uh, crawling across the tee box. Now, he was a little dude. It, it wasn't that it wasn't uh, that big a thing because uh, he was only, I'd say, oh, maybe four yeah, feet. Only four, only a four feet. Four. four it, it wasn't it, it wasn't much. I could I uh, hear there's. Uh, that's him just kind of crawling across there, the 19 So, box. So the way I'm watching this video that, that you're showing me right here, that looks like a, a, a baby to That's some, it to some degree. It was. Well, you know generally when there's a baby, there's a mother well, I'm getting somewhere, somewhere <laughs> I'm getting around. So he came crawling across the tee box, and we let him go, and then he went, he went uh, on into the pond, and so he wanted nothing to do with us, and we wanted nothing to do with him, so we just let him go. And that was that. Now. Two holes later, uh, I'm on a, uh, a a par four, long par four, and I hit a I hit a second shot that trickled down near the water, and I go down and I've got a shot, and it's going to be third, trying to chip up onto the green, and I hear thrashing behind me, and the first thing I think of is Gator, and I turn around and it's a ten to twelve footer, he's huge, but he isn't interested in me. There was a, a, a one of those big box turtles, and it was about as big around as a laptop over there. And he crushed him like a walnut. Sorry. I mean, he was having <laughs> breakfast, and he was devouring. I thought, okay, I'm going to let you guys finish up. Not so much for the turtle. And I went ahead. So that's 
that's the Gator story. That's that's all I have. All right. There. Well, I appreciate you sharing yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So now that that is cleared, let me ask you about the summer and about uh, how it's gone for the guys and their off-season work and getting ready for the coming season. I think it's gone really well. Um, you know, I, I feel like the year in general has gone well for the guys. You know, and we touched on this. You know, getting ready for spring ball and coming out of spring. I thought winter conditioning went really well. Uh, I thought the implementation of some of the new players, the transfers, as well as the high school kids in the wintertime and then going through spring ball. Uh, I thought spring ball was, was a success in that, you know, we didn't have any major injuries coming out of it. Guys that were coming off of off-season surgeries kept getting healthier, and that trend has continued into the summer. Uh, I, you know, what, I, what I've been talking to the team about, you know, I just love their focus. You know, I think that these guys now in year three really understand what we're about. Um, you know, I, I used to talk a lot about buying into our culture. Uh, I think more so now these guys aren't just buying into the culture. Uh, they're, they're elevating our culture. They're, they're contributing to our culture. Uh, and that's how your culture continues to grow and get better. But, um, you know, I like our group. You know, we're, we're talented. We're tough. I think we've got really good leadership. I love the staff continuity. So in the end, summer has gone really well because I think that these guys understand the expectation of, of each phase of our season. Summer's no different. It's tough. It's hard. It's The weather is, is has not been kind, but that's, that's what it's for. It's for us to get kind of hardened to get ready for the season. Speaking of staff continuity, Sark, knowing how important Coach Patterson was to you last year in that special assistant role, you've got three guys in those special assistant roles. Uh, specifically, and in, in kind of what were you looking for when you hired those three, specifically uh, a guy like Paul Christ, where you both come from the same frame of reference as power five head coaches who've run your own programs yet serve as the play caller and kind of delineating and uh, distributing those duties. Yeah, you know, I think any time you try to bring people into your organization, you, you want to be specific in, in what their role is and how they can, uh, A, help what we're trying to do and, B, what we can offer to them. I think Coach Christ, obviously, his experience of, of being a, a tremendous head coach in his time at, at Wisconsin and at Pitt, but his track record of kind of where he grew up in the profession. You know, he, he worked for Mike Riley for a number of years. Mike Riley, uh, that connection he had with Norv Turner way back in the day. Uh Norv Turner hired me right. as a quarterback coach for the Oakland Raiders when I was 29 years old. So philosophically, I think there's a lot of things that make sense. Joe D. Camillus is coming to us from, from the National Football League after 31 years. Uh, and his experience and expertise, not only on special teams, but in game management, I think will be helpful. Uh, and then Payam Sadat coming to us, uh, one of the originators of, of the flex defense. And that, that ability that that defense has to create pressure on the quarterback. So everything was for a reason to what we do. I think they've all been tremendous additions uh, to go along with some of the younger folks that we've brought in, but then ultimately keeping that core staff in place that, that we have now for three straight years. Would you say that maybe the, the, the role of that position when you have those special assistants it's evolved maybe over the over the past few years. I mean, everybody always thought about a coach sitting in a in, in a room just just cutting up tape. And I know and I know a lot of that still happens, obviously. But but has it evolved a bit? Well, I you know I can't speak on behalf of what other people do or, or how they utilize people in their organization. Um, we try to make sure that these guys, if they're going to spend their time, if they're going to be with us 
that they that they had can have a significant impact on what we do. Um, and so they've got roles and responsibilities. I love having them because of the expertise that I can bounce things off of them, and or I can we can go to a practice and training camp, and I can ask somebody to say, hey, can you watch X, Y, or Z today, and then get some feedback on that, whether it's a specific drill, whether it's a position group, whether it's a specific scheme that we're trying to implement that day, that they've got the eyes and the expertise to, to give me knowledgeable feedback. What does your summer look like, Sark, in terms of your plan of, you know, studying play callers that you like, guys that you try to take ideas from, and, and also looking back at last season and saying, you know, I, I wish I was maybe a little cleaner in, in two-minute here or in, you know, four-minute offense here or in, and just kind of breaking down. You know, I know we talk about breaking down players, yeah. but as coaches kind of going through that self-evaluation. Yeah, there's no question. We, I always I always self-evaluate, self-reflect, really after every game and then at the end of every season. And, um, you know, there, there's, there's a cost to all that we do. And then you, you try to look at how do you mitigate that cost because we only have so much time right. and energy that we have. Uh, and then you try to go out and, and what is going on out there and who, who has been some of the best either last season or for the last two, three, four years, and how can you continue to implement some of the things that you think fit you um, and not lose what you're really good at and what, right. your, what your core values are. So in the end, you, you always try to look at all that stuff and, and you try to look at areas to because it's not just about the plays. It's about the timing of when right. to call those plays and to have the personnel to run those plays. I would say my, my plays always work better when I got better plays running them, the better players go. running them, right? So I think there's all that that goes into it. And in the end, hopefully, you know, as year in and year out as you go, and as, as we go into this season, that we've got everything in place from a personnel standpoint of players, from uh, a playbook and schemes that make sense to, uh, as a play caller, you feel comfortable with what we're going to do and that all of the special situations as they arise, that you've got enough menu of things to do when those things come up that you feel comfortable and you're versatile enough to handle them. I know they, they're pulling on you to get to other things. I want to give you an opportunity before you go to tell folks a little bit about how the ramp up is going to go from here with the staff and with the guys uh, as you as you wrap up. Yeah, so the guys just finished up summer school. Um, they had kind of the 4th of July week to kind of finish up school, take a deep breath, uh, and then we're back into we've got three more weeks of summer conditioning going. We've got three more weeks of, of our PRPs and skill development work that we do. Uh, and then we'll crank it up August 2nd, and, and we'll go from there. And I think that we've got, we've got a good plan in place to get our team ready to play. I feel really good about the health of our team right now. Um, we had a lot of guys coming off of injuries and different things. They're all back going. They're all back working, which is, which is exciting. You want your full allotment of your roster ready to go. Um, and then ultimately we, we've got to make sure that, that we've got the consistency, that we have a competitive training camp to get our minds right for a, for a very challenging schedule. Hey, uh, I appreciate. It. I know they're they're pulling on you, and and we got your quarterback ready to hop on with us too. So we've got that. We've got He's that. way more exciting than me. I, no, that's so. all right. It's okay. I appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate you guys. All right, great. Well, Enjoy the day. Okay. All right, uh, Steve yep. Sarkeesian joining us here uh, at Big Twelve Football uh, Media Days, uh, and uh, I'll I'll see you on Sunday at the panel discussion in Houston at Coaching School. We'll uh, we'll have that, and uh, we'll transition right from uh, point A to point B. Um, if you start with, uh, if you're going to start with the uh, head coach, you might as well get, get QB1, right QB1 rolling get in here. Right here. And uh, so Quinn Ewers joining us here. Um, uh, 
the last time I saw you in this building, I was calling a state championship <laughs> game uh, at your bar. Do you have memories and stuff about this? I know you've been in here other times than that before, but, I mean, what, what goes through your mind when you walk into this building? Oh, just how big it is probably. I mean, this place is huge. And, you know, obviously growing up in Texas, you wanted to end up playing the last game of the season here. So ultimately – it's kind of the same way when you're playing in the Big 12. You want to play here um, towards the end of the season. Maybe not the end, but towards the end. So, um, And obviously, I didn't just play the state championship here. I played a fellow teammate of mine, Byron Murphy, <laughs> against DeSoto here. I think it was the second round of the playoffs. But, I mean, there's so many good memories here. Just, you know, with the with the South Lake Carroll green, I can just see it in the, see it in the stands, man. Uh, no, there's so many memories here with just, you know, kids I grew up with, my buddies I grew up with. I mean, it's not far from home for sure. How different is it for you, Quinn, a year ago to now? I mean, you're, you're still competing every day with, with Malik and, and with Arch, but now, I mean, you've got some starting experience under your belt. You've got a full year in the program. You know, you're not having to meet teammates anymore. You're acquainted with everybody. Just your comfort level now compared to where you were a year ago. I mean, yeah, obviously it's going to grow when you've been in the system for a year and you've known guys that you've been around. You've been around them for a whole year. Um, and you've made great friendships. I mean, it just makes everything a whole lot easier. Mm-hmm. Definitely comfort level has gone way up for sure, even in the um, you know weight room and, and out on the field when Coach Beckton's got us you know, running. So, I mean, it's just been a whole lot easier for me. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Sark-, Sark has talked about confidence in relation to that. How do you feel from a confidence standpoint? Does it, is that something you feel growing? Is it just kind of second nature type stuff? Where are you at with, with confidence right now? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely growing for sure. Um, you know, I feel like I've had a great spring. I had a great spring uh, spring ball and, and, and winter and, you know, summer. Summer workouts are going great. PRP is going great. I mean, it's only growing. So yeah. I'm excited to see where I'm at after fall camp. Um, and I couldn't be more excited for this year. I'm ready. Every Everybody likes to talk about the, uh, the leaner, meaner Quinn, that kind <laughs> of deal. I mean, how much work did it take for you to get comfortable not only about your physical set, but like Jeff said, with the with the confidence, with everything else, with the game, the familiarity. I mean, that's an evolved process over time, isn't it? No, hundred uh, percent. Like you said, it, it took me pretty much all of winter to kind of get comfortable with with where I was at, um, you know, football and just uh, physically wise. Um, <clears throat> it took it took me a lot of work. Uh, you know, definitely had to eat a whole lot better than what I was eating like. And, and what, all what, did, what did you eat before that you don't eat now? You know, I used to eat a whole bunch of Chick-fil-A. I don't eat a whole lot of Chick-fil-A anymore. So. Chick-fil-A was my go-to. Was it? Yeah. It's, it was hard to kind of step away from that, but yeah, it's been good. I feel so much better um, mentally and physically. So, yep. Quinn, as you as you look at this team, you know, you've been with these guys all summer after spring ball. We got a good look at you guys in the spring game. What excites you the most about this 2023 team? You know, what excites me the most um, – it's something that's not even on the field, just the relationships we've built throughout this throughout this time. I mean, you know, all these guys, um, we're all in the same boat and we're rowing together this year. We're not rowing, we're not rowing against each other. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see what we do on the field and, you know, what we do off the field, you know, as, as, a, as a team. I mean, I feel like all of us has grown so much closer um, this past season or this past year, and I couldn't be more excited to see, see what we're capable of. In that sense of everybody rowing together uh, every report that's come out talks about how you and Malik and Arch have were really worked closely together and kind of uh, gotten to know each other better was that is that an accurate way to describe it yeah it's definitely accurate but the whole QB room I mean I, I 
I'm so blessed to be in such a good QB room. I mean, nobody's trying to, you know, find ways around or throw somebody under the bus. And there's none of that. I mean, we're all we're all in it together, and we have such good time. Those are like my best friends on the team. It's, so you know, because I'm, I'm with those guys all the time, and you know, we get along so well. It's rare, honestly, for everyone to to kind of be the same and act the same. Do you get along with that dude right there? Right there behind you there? Yeah, you know, sometimes. Sometimes, no. I mean, we have a great relationship. Um, you know, both of us have kind of grown up together in the system. Um, he, was here, he was here a year earlier than me, but, you know, I feel like we've kind of seen each other grow, um, which ultimately just makes us, you know, want to grow together. All right, Quinn, here's the big question everyone wants to know. Whose idea was it to take the picture of you guys showing off the abs in the locker room? And did you expect that thing to blow up the way it did? You know, honestly, I didn't expect it to blow up. I didn't even expect it to get posted. But, you know, when, when Malik, um, you know, showed us kind of what he did with the post, I was like, yeah, go ahead. It's, it was funny. Um, but, no, we, we, we made this idea, I mean, months ago. We were like, hey, we're all going to stay after. We're going to hit abs. We're going to hit arms. We're going to. We're gonna, we're gonna take a picture, you know, June 30th when before our July 4th week break. I mean, we're so we were, we set a goal and we we wanted to hit the goal and it kind of gave us you know some motivation. Well, I appreciate you stopping by. I know you got a busy day and all that stuff. I I, I look forward to calling your games this year again. Thank you, I appreciate you yes, taking sir. the time appreciate to join us. Appreciate you guys. Us. Thank you. All right, that's Quinn Ewers, uh, Thanks, Longhorns Quinn. quarterback, join us here. And how about what we got coming right behind him? Yeah, uh, yeah I think we got Xavier Worthy. Yeah, he was, well, he was standing he right was, there. I, uh, they were going to bring him. Oh, there he is. Uh, let's, uh, we'll see if we get. So <laughs> we're here at uh, at Big 12 Football Media Days, and uh, we just uh, visited. Burn, uh, burning through it right now. Yeah. We're churning we, and burning. Well, this is the Radio Row portion, live radio version of it. So we knew our show would be uniquely positioned, yeah. Jeff, to be able to uh, talk some Longhorn hey, football. Hey, how, how about Sark leaning into our animal attack bit? He liked that. Yeah. He was up for that. See, and I thought about so. you the minute then, but we'll ask X <laughs> if he likes that too. There, uh, as uh, Xavier Worthy joins us now. All right, so X, let, let me ask you because Sark was was asking me about. Uh, I had a little alligator encounter on vacation. It was no big deal, but I mean, he was there. So I know you've got that look on your face like any encounter with an alligator is a big yeah. deal. I understand that. Uh, so that might answer my question. Where are you? Where are you when it comes? No, so I'm, I'm staying far away from you. <laughs> I'm guessing not a lot of alligators in Fresno, probably. Oh, I've never seen an alligator in Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, to bring everybody up to speed on how you feel physically, mentally, the excitement of getting ready for this uh, coming season. Right. Um, I feel like this is the best my body's ever felt since I've been in college. So, um, really, um, I want to thank our coaching staff, you know, our weight room staff. They've really been getting me right and taking care of me. So, Two-part question, X. How's, how's the hand? And then just everything that, that went into last year for you, once you got a chance to get through the bowl game and sit down and you know, decompress and process, just how do you – How'd you process everything that you went through last year? Um, my hands completely healed now. Um, I've been getting my catches in every day, working on that, and um, I feel like um, a lot of people don't understand how the mental really messes with athletes. So mm -hmm. I feel like I just after the season, I just took time, like sat down and got my mental right, and um, I feel like I'm good now. What um, other than obviously getting uh, healthy? I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because we just asked Quinn about it, and you talked about how much fun he has working with you and how you guys are. He kept it describing as putting in the work, putting in the work. You guys were putting in a lot of work. Right. What 
has that been like in the offseason once you got healthy again? And not just with him, but we were also talking about Malik and Arch and all, all working with the quarterbacks, what that's been like for you in this offseason. Right. Uh, I feel like this has been better than any since I've been here. Um, we've been getting, like, more extra work in, uh, throws after practice, um, whether that's in the weight room or, like, even after, like, a little prayer around practice. So um, I feel like we, that's been better with us. One guy I want to ask you about, uh, it's good that we're getting you early in the morning. I want to ask you about Terrence Brooks. Because, you know, you look at some of the other pieces in that secondary. I mean, we saw what Ryan did last year. and uh, You know, we've seen Jaron and some of those other guys. But Terrence playing that, that field corner position, when you've kind of – I don't know if you've, how much you've gotten a chance to go against him and some of the one-on-ones you, you guys have done. But where have you seen Terrence kind of grow from the experience he got last year? Um, I feel like Terrence grew mentally. Um, obviously, he's physically a freak. So, <laughs> But mentally, I feel like he's grown and he's more mature now. You, you, you've gone against some of the best corners in the league, some of the best corners in the country. You feel like he's got his tools, can get him there if, if the mental part is right? Yeah, definitely. I feel like Terrence has the tools for that. Um, if you were rating uh, who the best interview out of your teammates here at Big 12 Media Day. Oh, that's easy. Uh, I, I start saying, other than you. Jay Witt, definitely. Really? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. It would, but, I call him old man, you know what I'm saying? He's old. <laughs> so that's why I said like Jay Witt. <laughs> the, 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 old, the old head stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, um, um, going into this year, as and you're not exactly an old head, but you've been around a while, <laughs> a little bit. Um, do you feel like more of a leader? Um, yeah, I feel like um, Sark has me taking on more of that leadership role, and I feel like it's kind of good for me to – to um, encourage the young guys because we got a few young guys in our room, and I feel like um, helping them will just help me in the future because I, if I get out, they could come in and do the same thing I'm doing. Talk, talk about that receiver room, X, because it's going from, you know, when, when you got here, there was some talent in there, but maybe not a lot of depth. And now we spent the whole offseason trying to figure out how you guys are all going to get enough balls thrown to you. What, right. what impresses you the most about just this group as a whole? Right, like I said, it's a lot of, like, talent in there, young talent, old talent. Um, like the young guys, like Ryan Nimblett, DeAndre Moore, Jonte Cook, um, I feel like they, they could come in and do the same thing we're doing right, right now. So I feel like that's what really changed in the receiver room. And, and how much of a difference can Isaiah make, you know, him getting back from the knee and, and being a part of that group? Because I think you know, we see AD and the young guys, but everybody forgets, hey, Isaiah was supposed to be a part of this last year, but right. we didn't see him because of the knee. Right, like I said, anybody like him, anybody could come in and do exactly what we're doing. So I feel like that's what really changed in the receiver room and, like, the culture receiver room. Everybody's, like, close to each other. What are you looking forward to more than anything else about this coming football season? Um, I really don't know. That's all I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, right just now. getting it going. Yeah, just getting it going. I hear you. How different is it, X? Because you know you guys are picked to you know, be the preseason champion in this league. Media poll picks you guys number one. Is I know the goal is always to to be here in the last game of the regular season, but. Does that now seem more in focus for you guys that, hey, you know, not just with the external stuff, but internally you feel like it is really the goal to get back here and be playing in December for a conference championship? Um, Yeah, you're right. That's always the goal. But I, I'm not going to lie. Stark always instilled that to us. Like, um, like no matter where we're, like, picked to be, like, that's the goal regardless. Like, we're going to work towards that. We're going to work the same regardless if we're last or not. So. Hey, it's great to see you again. I'm glad to see you healthy again, too. Yes, I appreciate it. Look forward to calling your games this year. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. All right. Xavier Worthy joining us here. Uh, we'll continue. Uh, in fact, we're going to continue right now with the aforementioned best talker, best interview. Wouldn't you say so? I'd say so. Yeah. yeah. 
We're, uh, because and if he, no, he's got experience doing it, we'll, it, say, we'll say that. If if for no other reason that he is as comfortable in these environs is the fact that the last time that he played in a competitive game in these environs, he was both the offensive and defensive MVP yeah. in the Quero Gobblers state championship game. Of course, Jay Wed is with us now, yes, and uh, it's good to see you again. How you been? Yeah, you too, man. I've been good. Are, are, are you okay with all of your teammates referring to you to old man, old head, <laughs> grandpa, yeah. all those other kinds of things? Are you all right with that terminology? Yeah, because I get called old when I'm in the locker room, but all my other friends are like, way older than me so now i get called young so it's all it's all balanced out you know so i enjoy it it's cool how how has the uh the cooking going no you we saw you yeah, on yeah, yeah, cooking yeah. last season did you get to expand that in the off season this summer um i don't really have a lot of time to do it so there i'll cook go. sometimes on the weekends my sister cooks a lot now there you go. Uh, but i did i went to italy and i got did to really? see i got to see them cook so i learned some things so how exactly. do you balance the the um the culinary skill and art form <laughs> yeah. of being a chef along with, I mean, it was a, a very much ballyhooed conversation about you uh, uh, pulling back on ice cream uh, yeah. last year. Everybody talked about the death. So how, I mean, how do you balance all that? Man, uh, you know, the body goes through a lot, <laughs> especially when I take ice cream out of the situation. But we're in the off season, so now I can eat ice cream on the weekends, which I do. And I've been trying to do this thing with Bluebell ice cream. So please, if y'all listening, holler at me, please. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah listen, we are Plug living in, in the man. world of NIL. You I mean, Bluebell, yeah, absolutely. So that's my favorite brand of ice cream. What's your favorite flavor? Chocolate chip cookie dough is undefeated. There you go. That's pretty good. I'm yeah. more of a cookies and cream guy. But ah. that's not, we're not, we're not, we're not going yeah, to argue about yeah, that. Yeah. But, no, uh, I, we were talking to X about expectations. Yeah. And you know, the goal is always to get here. How, how do you let, you know, things like, you know, being number one in the media poll, mm-hmm. now being the preseason favorite in this league, how do you guys not let the external stuff yeah. change the approach you guys have taken pretty much since you guys got back in January? Uh, I think the best way we do that is just by focusing on the opinions of the people in the building. You know, so the team, we keep everything, we keep everything close and we talk about it. But, yeah, we see it. We know that's the goal. It's all about putting those pieces together, you know, and being able to accomplish that. And I think that's what we're working towards right now. Being experienced in that, is it really easy to, to tell the young guys, hey, I've seen everything, guys, whether it's good, yes. bad, or indifferent, yes. just, just push that to the side. Yeah, uh, that's something you see. Uh, you come across all these great teams. they got these great players, and then it just doesn't work sometimes. So, you know, one of the things we preach to the young guys is, we yes, we have every piece of the puzzle, but if you just scramble every piece of the puzzle, it doesn't look like anything. So our thing right now, our focus is putting everything in the right place to make this amazing picture, and that's – Big 12 championship. And, and that also goes to your own personal. You talked about your body earlier. Yeah. I mean, you said my body's been through a lot. Now, that is an understatement, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, it, it, do you handle conditioning and your work different than, say, early on? Um, than me early on? Yeah, than you Yeah, definitely, on. yeah. Man, I, I do a lot of treatment, a lot of stuff, a lot of rehab, um, where my freshman year I would work out, go home, play the game or something. You know, that catches up to you. So that's another thing that I try to preach, you know, to the young guys that you have to stay on top of it because if you're not at some point, it'll catch you, you know. So that's just something I, I'm really – I'd be a pro as far as the training room, you know. I, I kind of live there, so every I should every, pay rent. <laughs> every strength coach, Jay Wood, has, has their strengths or things yeah. they focus on. Mm-hmm. With Coach Becton, what is it – and you've had, you know, two off seasons with yeah. him now. What do you see – or I guess – 
this will be three, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does he focus on? Focus on that that really helps you guys. That you see, okay, this is going to make a difference in those games we're going to yeah. play in November. Man, as far as physical wise, I would say we're definitely the hardest running team in America, and the plan is to be the fastest team mm-hmm. you know in the country. So. We run a lot, uh, but at the same time, he does a lot of mobility, and that helps me so much, just staying flexible, staying mobile, because I think as a football player, you're not trying to be a bodybuilder. You want to be able to move and stuff like that, and I think he focuses on that. And then um, other than that, man, mentality-wise, he gets us mentally tough enough to where when the game does get hard, we're able to resort back to our training. That, that part real quick. Yeah. The, did you feel like maybe earlier in your career that you mm. maybe built too much muscle, that you were kind of too wound too tight, and then as you've gotten older, worked on the yeah. flexibility, and that's kind of helped you, helped yeah. you sustain on being on the field longer? Yeah, I think I was kind of big in high school. And then when uh-huh. I got there, I was moved to running back. So yeah. I had to – I think my body wasn't ready to just get that big right. that fast. And um, – other than that, I'm back now to, you know, I went from 225 freshman year to 215, 210. Now I'm 205 pounds. So there you go. I feel better like this, you know, and Coach Beckton's been helping a lot. Well, you look great. And Appreciate as it. always, you sound great. I mean, X said you were the best interview in the entire team. And oh, thank you. Thank and you. And you've done nothing to uh, be uh, taken down off the pedestal. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, thanks, Jay Witt. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. All yes, right, uh, Jordan Whittington joining us here uh, as we continue at uh, Big 12 Media Days. And listen, we've talked a lot of offense. It's about time we talk some, some defense. defense, right? We, we, have to, we have to talk some defense uh, coming up because there are a couple of members, uh, defensive uh, representatives here. We'll see. I was looking at Jalen Ford, but he may have another obligation first that he has to do first. So, uh, well, they, And I see Jade Barron down there, down, down the way, doing another interview. So it's an opportunity for us to pause yes. here momentarily. And then we'll continue because we're right into our Longhorn Notebook section. Heck, the whole day is a Longhorn Notebook, Pretty much. right? Yeah. So we'll continue here. Uh, from Big 12 Media Days, we've uh, visited, uh, if you just joined us, we visited with Coach Sark right out of the gate to open the show. Steve Sarkeesian, followed by uh, the quarterback, Quinn Ewers, then Xavier Worthy, then Jordan Whittington. So we've done all of that. And, uh, oh, we may have Jade Barron coming Right to it. So we hold on before we want to uh, break because this is, like I said, there's a window mm-hmm. where they do the live radio. Once that window passes, it is uh, it is uh, very difficult to uh, make it work. They, they, he's got another obligation he's got to get to first. So we'll see if I get them back on when we continue live from Big 12 Football Media Days here in Arlington on Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower. This is Light the Tower on the Horn Live from Big 12 Football Media Days in Arlington. Craig Wade, Jeff Howe, and our producer Cameron Parker alongside. Good to have you along. The prodigy. Welcome back, Craig. Yeah, it's good to be good to be back. And then, like I said, we hit the ground running on this because we knew, and for those of you watching on Twitch, thank you. For that, you got a chance to see Sark resplendent in his suit and tie. Yeah, I'm going to be off camera because I like the uh, – you guys would rather see Jordan Whittington or Xavier Worthy or Sark sitting next to or Craig. Or Quinn Ewers. Yeah. <laughs> um, the defensive players who are here, and there are two, uh, Jalen Ford, preseason defensive player of the year in the Big 12, and Jade Barron, uh, both now – It really, the way – what I started to say is there's only a 30-minute window where they're locked in – to doing live radio. So they have a couple of other uh, responsibilities they're having to do, and we do hope to get them before we're done, or they might even be on uh, with Chad. Yeah, Yeah, true. They've got, like, Fox Social at some point. I don't know what that is. Yes. But I will tell you, 
that we're moments away from talking some more Big 12 football with the head coach of the Baylor Bears, Dave Aranda, is going to join us uh, coming up in a few minutes. So we're going to we're going to do that as well. But this gives us a chance at least uh, to clear the palate, catch our breath, all that get hydrated, kind of, uh, a little bit of hydration there. I have I have by the way I have a cup of coffee here in the representative uh, Cowboys coffee cup with the uh, blue star. Uh, on the side. How much is Jerry charging for those right now? Well, I don't know. And uh, rightly, the Big 12's paying the tab. So, there you go. You know, uh, now we're back. Now we're back. Sandwich. We got Sark to indulge in a Gator story. Craig's done a Jerry Jones impression. We're, we're rolling right along, man. We are. This is good, uh, <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> so, uh, we're actually. I got to stop at Bucky's this morning. Like, we're did just, you really? We're, we're just all kinds of. We're clicking on all eights right now. Um, uh, we're actually geographically positioned uh, I'm sitting two yards deep in the end zone and the Jeff North Shore Duncanville Hail Mary happened like right it, over it's there. right over there right, right over behind Cam's corner. left shoulder yeah, yeah that's that's where it was and I was in that booth up there that's the network TV booth I didn't recognize it at first because there's like it's encased in glass right now uh, but it's normally uh, not but that's it that's the network television booth and that is the best broadcast location I have ever worked from. In any sport, in any venue, it's uh, something. First of all, the, the the booth is big enough to bury some bodies in if you needed to. It has its own bathroom, uh, which is a huge plus. Uh, it's uh, yeah. So it's so anyway, you got that there. But there's uh, to describe the scene. Uh, they they the actual proceedings, the on stage proceedings, begin at high noon, and uh, at noon uh, it'll be the commissioner Brett Yormark. And I'm hearing he's going to announce maybe UConn as a future member. I've Interesting. Heard, I've heard some rumor about that. Interesting. So, um, so I don't I don't know if it'll necessarily be announced in these proceedings, but could be. Is that Gonzaga thing still going to happen or what? Well, maybe Gonzaga and UConn both. You know, it's interesting, Craig, to uh, to us covering Texas. None of that stuff really matters. Anymore. No, it it. I wanted to make sure. That I was here for the the last time that they do Big 12 football media days. I wanted to make sure I was here for the last time that they do it. I missed last year. I had an excuse. I was getting married. I had a wedding. Right. So I, I uh, missed out on it uh, last year. But I've been, I'd been to every other one except one. I think 97 or 98 uh, was, was the only year. Uh, that I had, I think it's '97. Was the only only year that I, that I hadn't that I hadn't been there. Were y'all using Morse code to broadcast at that time, or uh, the dual line Comrex? I think it maybe? was the magic of the dual line Comrex <laughs> and the immortal words of our good friend uh, Mike Reiner toils in this community. The great Mike Reiner. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, uh, it, it's uh, I, I wanted to be sure I was here, and it's it's a different vibe. I mean, Chad Hastings is in a, like a kid in a candy store with the football helmets. Oh yeah, yeah. Any, did anybody bring like a wheels off version of their helmet? Uh, Baylor's got a like a matte yellow one. It's not it's not metallic gold. Oh yeah, it, I see it, it. It, it, it's it, um, Kansas has gone white helmet, the one they wore in the infamous fifty seven fifty six game. You know, I I never thought I'd miss the old school like Grant Taff gold helmets that were the standard. At well, Baylor and, for they, a long and they time, still I, pretty much are. Yeah, I kind of I kind of miss those. The alternate helmet kind of – you know what I am because I covered Baylor for a time. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that as a university they settled on one color, one shade of gold because every team at one point in time had a different shade of gold. 
So they settled on one. The metallic they, they got... gold, but then they have yellow yeah. as another thing. You know, like it, probably metallic gold does not look that good um, on a regular coach's polo. Right. But yellow probably. offsets the dark green, I think, very well. Uh, and then um, I think all of the other helmets look pretty much standard rate and form looking at them from here. Uh, Oklahoma. Now, Chad was real excited about the Central Florida one because okay. it is a metallic gold metal flake looking. It, it, yeah. It, yeah. You know, that, that with the, the black on it. The UCF Knight is kind of roaming around here. You know, Rod Babers was always into the mascots here because he's oh, the yeah. same mascots like him. And they the, did. Uh, they kind of gravitated to it. Does the TCU mascot still look like a walking STD? Yeah. Okay. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, the the frog. things haven't changed. Yep, yep. Um, and and uh, and and Rod used to get along with all the mascots. Uh, Pistol Pete around. creeps me out. I'm not going to lie. Of all the Big Twelve mascots, Pistol Pete creeps me out the most. Well, he 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 won't creep you out if you if you concentrate on the fact that he was a separated at birth image from Wendell Barnhouse, the longtime basketball beat writer from the Denver <laughs> Star Telegram. Oh, Craig. No, and Bill Schoening and I used to talk about that. <laughs> oh man. We mentioned. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Yeah, Just... I, I'm, I'm, you know, and 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 Wendell worked for the Big Twelve for a while too when he when. Uh, I guess he was in the news. You've got to warn me when something like that's coming. As, as they say in the newspaper industry, took the buyout, True. whatever. He went and, and was working for the Big 12 for, for several years. And, uh, and I used to tell him, you know, Wendell, if you're at Big 12 Media Days, don't stand too close to Pistol Pete. Everybody will think it's double vision. Let me tell you. He's like, stop it. You know, so. you know what, real quick on that, but I know I think Coach Randall might be making his way over here soon. But uh, not, And I don't want to dampen the mood, but. A couple of our colleagues, and we lost Tim Griffin a few years ago. Yes, we did. Uh, this is our first meeting. This first one I've been to without Chuck Carlton. Uh, yes. Chuck passed away. So uh, thinking about those guys and their, their families I, yeah, Absolutely, and I, and I want to I want to put this in as well. Uh, all of us are going to greatly miss our good friend, Eric Kruger. Yes. Uh, uh, we knew Eric for years uh, when we were over at iHeart, and uh, he was – he was my producer for several years on the on the show that mm-hmm. I did, the two to four show, and uh, it was always fun. And, uh, it, and he always had a great sense of humor and, and quick wit uh, about things that happened, like uh, with West Virginia, which is where his roots date back to. So uh, we uh, we'll definitely miss him. And uh, passed away over the weekend. We he came back over to work with us again and was. Uh, uh, you know, producing uh, some Longhorn baseball broadcasts for us, but mainly he was the mainstay for our uh, carrying uh, Texas Rangers yep. broadcast this past year, and uh, uh, we lost him tragically on Sunday. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, our thoughts uh, go out to uh, his wife, his family. As a matter of fact, I saw I saw him in the the twelve sixty studio. Probably about a week ago, uh-huh. and I was like, "I was like, oh, the Rangers must have a 105." Game yeah, today. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll miss him. Uh, there's, there's no doubt. About it. But you're, you're right uh, with the, uh, you know, with the passage of time, when you come to these events that you're used to going to every year, things are different. You know, and, and, and you see, you see some faces you haven't seen in a while with Houston now in the league. Uh, some Houston TV reporters yep. and, and scribes that I haven't seen in a minute. So it's, it's good. It's good. It's good to see some familiar faces. Yeah, uh, a uh, familiar face uh, right over here coming over uh, to join us is the uh, head football coach of the Baylor Bears, 
Dave Aranda, who uh, comes over uh, to uh, join us right now. And, and, and the funny thing about this is, as, uh, as Coach Aranda pulls on the headset, I, I just mentioned a few minutes ago to Sark, I said I'll see you on Sunday because of the annual Division One football coaches panel we do at coaching school. So it's good to see you again. How are you? Doing good. Yeah. Doing good. Good to be here. It's, it, it, to you, is this event and then coaching school, because I know the high school coaches mean uh, quite a bit to you as they do to all coaches in the Big 12, are these kind of signal signpost events that you're finally getting – closer to football season they are you know i appreciate the question you know it's all you know prior to the role i'm in now it always used to be uh the all-star game yeah is that once you get to the all-star game if prior to the all the baseball all-star game you kind of have a summer once you got to the all-star game it's like okay here we go. Let's get ready to strap it on. Yeah. Um, now, I'm, I'm actually not going to be, you know, unfortunately, my, my father passed away. My, oh, my dad. I'm sorry to hear yeah, this. My, uh, uh, my dad, yeah, he had um, stage four pancreatic cancer. And so um, we found out, you know, in uh, April, I guess. And so a couple months to live, and it yeah. just went by so fast. Sure. And, uh, you know, I went out to see him. And, um, you know, my dad and I were all, we were always way close, but it was never like a, hey, I love you and any of those things. Mm-hmm. So I, I made sure to tell him that, and he told me that, and he, he um, still had some energy at this time. And I remember we got up and we hugged, and he gave me a huge, and I was hugging him, and it was, I don't know, you know, you kind of feel like, okay. And I started pulling away, but he pulled me back, and he said he loved me. And so I'm glad that we had that moment, you know, because yeah. I know there's just with friends and stuff, people don't have that. Yep. But, um, yeah, he passed uh, right after the 4th of July. So I went home and was with my, my brother. who He's a high school head basketball coach there in town in Redlands, California, where I'm from. And then my mom. And then um, so his celebration of life is this uh, Sunday. I see. And so we're going back for that well, right our, after this. Our, our thoughts and prayers and best wishes to no, you and your you. family. How much, how much football did you learn from him? Quite a bit, yeah. I mean, we would be um, – and we'd be watching games. You know, I remember coming. I remember growing up, and uh, we'd be going to games. I remember sitting in the stands, uh, watching Notre Dame, USC back home. We go to UCLA Bruin games all the time. It was hard. We were Ram fans. I still am a Ram fan. So am I, it's, by it's the way. It's hard to be a Ram fan. <laughs> and so, at, in those days too, we lived in uh, Union City, and so that was uh, that was up Northern California, and, and you know. Montana and uh, Taylor and Rice and just all you're in 49 yeah, country. <laughs> just very hard because we'd be talking and I and you know I, I mean we had Dieter Brock and Cleveland Gary and stuff and it was just hard man you know we had, we had Henry Ellard uh, but yeah I, I I remember the Flipper Anderson game when he played the Saints and so talking to my dad through all that just I mean there's yeah a lot of those memories We've got a Flipper Anderson reference on the show. We're good to go. Coach, one thing uh, in the times I've, I've been around you, whether it's coaching school or here, I love the fact that, uh, you know, you're willing to talk ball and just, just talk like you'd be talking to a lecture room of coaches, and, and I appreciate that. And when you when you go through your summer, go through your off season, and you're thinking about, I don't know how you look at it in terms of what calls worked, what didn't work, maybe you want to borrow something else. We, I was talking to Sark about that earlier. What, what does that process look like for you as you just try to maybe pick some brains and figure out, hey, how can I take this concept that I like and apply it to what we do? No, appreciate that. It's a good question. I think that is, from a play caller perspective, like an all-day, every-day thing. And so... 
I have a, um, a chalkboard at the house, and so, you know, during vacation and everything, there would be maybe, you know, and I remember, I can distinctly remember um, when I was coaching at Wisconsin, this being the case, is that we'd have people over 4th of July or something, and the dude was just done eating the hot dogs on the TV, and we're all getting ready for our events, and, and I would always, you know, I'd be with everybody, but then I'd kind of pull away into the den, and on the chalkboard was kind of, here's our base calls, here's our sub, here's our nickel calls, here's our dime calls, here's the calls versus, you know, uh, four watt or ten personnel looks, here's the call on third and two, here's the call on third and 16. And so you're working through that all yeah. the time. And, um, you know, if it's watching an old game or if it's watching, you know, um, guys doing, you know, um, in the immediacy, you know, guys that, that just got done playing last year in the NFL and, hey, they're tweaking this or they're taking this this way or they're taking this there. And you have to really know yourself to know that, hey, this is something I'm comfortable with. This is something I will call. This was something that I will own because, you know, the if you're just renting something, then that's going to get exposed. Right. You really have to own it. Yeah. There you go. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Dave, when you when the the message coaches have uh, different ways of phrasing uh, their message to the team going into the start of a new season, mm-hmm. when you have the contrast that you've had of the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Is the message different? Is it altered? Is it? Are, are there different things that are that are set out there for your guys that you set coming off of last season mm-hmm. as opposed to the season before? No, I appreciate that. That's a good question. I think it's been uh, clarifying and it's been, um, you know, um, re-tasked uh, with a relook at what person over player means. What does do simple better mean? You know, I think from our coaches' perspective, you know, you compete with scheme, but you win with players. And so, you know, the, um, hey, football and everything, we just were talking a little bit about scheme there, but everything, that has its place. It's your relationship with the player and how far you can push them and how much they trust you, and that's at the end result, you know. And so they're, they're going to play for their, their teammates. You know, it'd be great if they played for you. You know, and then I think as far as the person over player, it, it just becomes like, you know, looking at, um, you know, the the mind, the body, the soul, the heart and just looking at all aspects of it and really working to get better in all of those things and not really just seeing it, football players as cogs in a machine to produce wins and get revenue. It's just how can we work and, and touch and improve these other areas. I appreciate you dropping by. I know you're being pulled a thousand directions, but you always hand and, and again, our, our thoughts and prayers yes, and best absolutely. wishes to, to you and your family there and uh, your the celebration of the life of your father. No, appreciate that. Well, thank, thank you. you. Hey, we'll see you around the corner. Okay. Coach, great right. to see you as always. Thank you. Appreciate That's Dave Aranda, the head coach of the Baylor Bears. We need a break. Uh, we'll come back to wrap up hour number one of Light the Tower from here, Big 12 Media Days here on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower. With Craig Way and Jeff Howe. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. And you only thought that just because we were at Big 12 Media Day and first day back from vacation that there would be uh, no inconceivable. Well, then you would have been wrong, my friend, because 
Inconceivable is back. If you, yeah, by the way, if you're uh, looking at uh, the Hornet, Horn's Twitter account, at the Horn ATX, and you see the picture where it says, I'm in the picture with Cameron and Craig and Sark, I'm doing my best John Cena impression in that photo. Linda just texted me yeah. and, and said, why can I not see Jeff on that? I'm John Cena. And I wanted to say, Jeez. are you really wanting, the, wanting him to be in Nobody wants to see me. I think it's just uh, maybe it's cur- curious about my whereabouts. <laughs> so, um, anyway, um, the reason why. Uh, hey, fat guy, get out of the picture. <laughs> um, so, uh, a- a- as I mentioned, there is uh, there's something that we have to get to here on uh, Big 12 Media Days, and that starts off with uh, some fast food news for you. First of all, Burger King, and John in the Bay sent this, and I think also also, uh, uh, CB sent it, that Burger King in Thailand has debuted a new item called the Real Cheeseburger. You know why they call it the Real Cheeseburger? There ain't no burger. It's yeah. cheese. Looks like uh, anybody who's seen Freddy Got Fingered, remember when Tom Green put all that cheese on the cheese sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> Cameron, good. you look like you're going to throw up. That's good reference. I'm ill after seeing that picture. <laughs> uh, so We can't have a cheese sandwich without cheese. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, Cam, McDonald's is phasing out three of its all-day items on Uh-oh. the menu. But... It probably won't bother you. It's just okay. McCafe Bakery. No items. McDouble? Uh, no, no. No, it's still there. Uh, the apple fritter, the blueberry muffin, and the cinnamon roll. Breaking news. McDonald's uh, carried an apple fritter. And a blueberry, blueberry and, 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 muffin? And, and, yeah. Uh, and, and back to uh, Burger King. They've added a new take on uh, food. Chicken Whopper? Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, it's wh- it, the the. No. Don't. <laughs> it's a new Don't take. Don't play with my emotions like that. It's a new take on chicken nuggets. Um, so they're doing a uh, ketchup chicken nugget mashup. Look, man. So instead they're of, calling them ketchup nuggets. Instead of dog meat, they're going to use cat meat for the chicken yeah, nuggets. Oh. All these fast food joints realize they lost the nugget board at Chick-fil-A, and now they're just grasping at straws. Well, see, they, they in a picture of all of their Whoppers here, Jeff, they had the Impossible Whopper, the Whopper with cheese, the regular Whopper, the Halloween Whopper, the Angriest Whopper, and the Proud Whopper. Angriest one got, like, ghost peppers on it or something? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Uh, But the Chicken Whopper, alas, still not part of the scene anymore since since it went away. Probably after you eat the Mad Whopper. Is it the Angry Whopper, right? Probably feel like you just rubbed Tabasco all over your The Angriest Whopper. The Angriest. Tabasco on the speaker. Probably like something after you eat a lot of ponchos. Yeah. Probably. Uh, okay, so we got a couple of we got a couple of other. Or Cam, after eating a lot of donuts, uh, uh, say hello to the play-by-play voice of the Dallas yes. Mavericks, Chuck Cooperstein. The great Chuck Cooperstein coming by us Cooper's right Market by here. Uh, the uh, we, we got a couple other items here, and these are ones I know that you're always interested in. Uh, whenever somebody jumps out of an airliner, opens up an emergency exit door, that kind of thing, right? Uh, it's happened again. Uh, this airline is called Sun Country. Now, I know them as a charter service. What's the name of that? Uh, Sun Country Airlines. Sun Country, okay. Uh, I know them as a charter service because, or is an airline where th- you can charter their planes. Women's basketball's done it before. Uh, men's basketball's okay, done so it before. Okay, so this isn't like Spirit's Bastard Stepbrother. No, uh, no it is a, an actual commercial airline, okay. however. Right. And apparently a 
four-year-old man uh, escaped out of the emergency exit of a plane in Minnesota. Now, he had reason for wanting to get <laughs> out. escape from the emergency exit? Well, it's, it's here's why. Police have been waiting by the gate to arrest the man as the other passengers to plane. So he pulled oh, a so Leo DiCaprio. It, oh, so Leo this is when it landed. Okay, I thought you meant like yes. midair. No. No, he pulled. Uh, so he pulled a Leo DiCaprio. If you've ever seen Catch Me If You Can, you know where he escapes out while the plane is taxiing yeah. in. So he he jumped off the wing and took off across the tarmac. That's that's some. And did did he break any bones? Uh, doesn't say that. He was discovered forty five minutes later. Sign that dude up. That's a hell of an athlete right there. It was a seven thirty seven going from Orlando to Minneapolis, and it was eleven o'clock Sunday night. Airport police. We're waiting at the gate to arrest him for violating a restraining order, which also had a felony, an active felony drug warrant. Yikes. So when the other passengers were deplaning, so he gets up like everybody else does, Mm -hmm. and he pops the emergency exit and then steps out on the wing and he jumped off. Okay, I'm glad glad to know this is when it was landed. Oh, it was was already already up. Yeah, because I I was thinking you were talking like Gary Busey in Drop Zone, like this dude's just parachuting out of no, no, not a DB Cooper situation. You ever seen Drop Zone? I have not. Another one. It's uh, Gary Busey and Wesley Snipes. That right there. It's Gary Busey jumping out of planes. Yeah. So doing nefarious things. I'm in. Check it out. I'm in. So it took police almost an hour to find him, but they found him hiding inside a truck used for airline catering. So. so that, that happened to him. And um, then there's uh, one more story here. And uh, this one uh, deals with a pilot who illegally landed a helicopter in a national park, Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. Mm. So he wasn't supposed to land there. But he said the reason that he landed there was because there was bad weather. He had to set down. He was about to but the Rangers pulled up and they rolled up on him. He was having a picnic with his wife. Literally. Yeah, that's probably a no no. Yeah. He um Is that a he, felony? He said it was the bad weather that forced it. Um but they said no. He is that uh Mike Gundy just randomly walking around the stands right now. Uh yeah, Popping that is over it. railings, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure it. I wasn't seeing things. Uh, it said he right. and a companion were having a snack along the the uh, lake. He was charged with two violations uh, of that. Can't drop a helicopter into uh, a national park. Sorry, Mike Gundy scaling uh, railing over here. Yeah. Just distracted the hell out of that. He's 55. Uh, He's a man. It looked like it, Cam. Yeah. I mean,. Got to get your workout in. All right. No days off. Uh, Second hour, we'll continue for Big 12 Football Media Days and Light the Tower on the Horn.